Jacob Well, I'm trying to understand all this. It's it's kind of new to me. I thought we got we got there. We got there. Make shakos, make shakos. You finished. We'll do another shir about another time. We'll do another shir. Okay. So yesterday we learned that the um, meaning of climbing the ladder spiritually is to reach the Yudke Vavke in yourself. And the reason why there's a need to climb the ladder is because the soul is in a body and the body hides and conceals the soul. And therefore, there is a, uh, we need to do something to uh, get in touch with our soul. And the, um, and there are mentions how there are voices that come from heaven that say do tshuva and we don't hear these voices because we're not in touch with our soul. And certain things you could do to uh, make to get you in touch with your soul. I mentioned that m- most of the times a few things that that open the open the channels. Um, one is to uh, strain yourself with doing a mitzvah, to work hard to do a mitzvah, especially trying to share Torah with the community, or when you help another person come closer to Hashem. That opens up the channels. That allows you to uh, to, fe- to hear Hashem's voices. Then, then we mentioned that there is another way of opening the channels, and that is by just thinking deeply about where you are spiritually, thinking deeply about what you're doing, what you're not doing, and that also could, uh, could trigger and uh, this, this, um, this, these feelings of teshuva, of wanting to come close to Hashem, and uh, that's, that's ordinarily. Ordinarily, we have to do something to get us in touch with our, with our soul. Um, however, he says, there are... Um, um, moments that put you face to face with your soul, whether you want to or you don't want to, and that is when you come to a situation of challenge. When you're in a situation of challenge, that someone challenges your faith and says to accept, um, to believe in something that you don't believe in, then all of a sudden the soul, which was previously dormant, it was asleep inside you, all of a sudden now the soul is uh, is awake, and it's he quotes Tanya. Where the altar says that even if someone's threatening you to um, to externally profess to accept some other religion with your words, with your action, and you know yourself this is just fake, this is just this is just peekable. You're not just pretending to do this, and that's not real. Nevertheless, a Jew is unable to sever his bond with Hashem, no matter what, and uh, and, and you, you, even externally, even externally. So when this challenge happens, so then. You um, completely throw off the um, the shackles, so to speak, of your uh, of your animal soul, and you are you're, you you are your deepest self all of a sudden. That's what happens when we're, when we're challenged. So next paragraph from page Zion, that continues to talk about how um, this is not just something that happens in a situation of challenge, but there's something that we have with us all the time. It's a part of our soul. It's the yud of yud kevavke. It's the first. It's the highest step of the ladder. We're going to discuss, God willing, all four parts of our soul, which are analogous to God's four letters. And this is the highest of the four letters, the Yud. This power exists in every single Jew, as Altabar writes in chapter 18 in Tanya. And therefore, even those who are the most insensitive, those who are the most rebellious to Hashem, most of the time, they end up giving their lives when they are challenged. 
in their faith. They, 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 they who have always said that we're not interested in this stuff. Yet they're the ones, who, most Jews, give their lives rather than sever their bond with Hashem. And they endure terrible pain rather than profess to, to, uh, that they don't believe in Hashem, that they, that they believe in something else. They give their lives rather than uh, deny Hashem. Even if they are completely boorish and they are ignorant, and they don't know anything about the greatest of So why they do this? This is because Hashem shines in the soul. It's not because of what they think and what they. It's not because of something they've been nurtured with uh, in their life, something that they've developed. Rather, this is because Hashem shines in their soul. Uh, this is the reason why a Jew gives his life to sanctify God's name. But not only does this help us to to pass the, this challenge of of denying God, this also empowers us to stand against anything that will prevent us from Torah, from prayer, and from mitzvahs. As Alzheimer writes over there in Tanya, in chapter 25, that every mitzvah connects you to Hashem, and every sin separates you from Hashem. So if we were to understand the, the playing field of what uh, a mitzvah is, and what davening is, and to realize this is, this is the same question, do I want to be connected? No, I want to be connected. If we were to realize what the playing field is, so then, just like we're ready to give our lives rather than, rather than completely deny God, in a similar way, we would be ready to give our lives rather than not learn Torah, than not pray, than not do the midst of that we are being challenged with. No matter how hard it may be, no matter what, whatever, whatever the obstacle may be, it doesn't matter. The calls of this is all coming from the Chachm and the soul, which is beyond logic and reason. It's something beyond reason. Because logic doesn't have this power. Logic, right, doesn't have this power to um, dictate that that you should always be steadfast to your uh, to Hashem, in your connection to Hashem. Logic can't motivate us. Why can't logic motivate us? Logic doesn't tell you to have mysterious nefesh. What's mysterious nefesh? Chaim Chaim. Previous Rebbe said, mysterious nefesh means this is the way it has to be. It can't be any other way. Sirs Nefesh is usually translated as giving up your life. But giving up your life could sometimes just be a good investment. You want to give up your life because you want to get a better life. You, uh, you, have, a, you have an ideal that's more important in your life. Or you're thinking about the afterlife. Uh, so it's not, it's not Mesiris Nefesh. Sirs Nefesh, the word Nefesh here means desire. Giving up, giving your desire to Hashem. Giving your desire to Hashem really means that there is no other way. That that's the real meaning of the reason why a person gives up his life, no matter what, is because they have um, uh, they they are in a state of total devotion to Hashem. It's possible the person give up his life for other reasons, but the real meaning of Messias Nefesh is that you say there can't be any other any other way. Now the nature of logic is the logic is is fluid. Logic, Hashem says, you know what? Let's destroy man. Man is a terrible idea. 
Look what man is doing. Let's get rid of man. That's what God says at the end of, end of Parshas Bereshis. In the first Torah, the portion, Hashem says, let's get rid of him. He's bad. Bad heart. Done. Then Hashem destroys man. And the next parsha, what does Hashem say? Never, 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 never again. Man has a bad heart. It's not their fault. Never going to destroy man. So it means the same logic why Hashem destroys man is why Hashem is not going to destroy man. So logic isn't a, is, is fluid. So logic can't get you to be in a state of, as the language of the previous Sheva, this is the way it has to be. It can't be any other, any other way because logic is, is, isn't built that way. Logic is always, always has many, many angles. And therefore, the Torah, which the Torah is wisdom and understanding, there's no reason to give up your life mentioned in the Torah. The Torah doesn't discuss a reason why you should give up your life. The Torah says you should love God because God is your life. The Torah says, love Hashem because He who is the one who animates you, who takes care of you, He's your life itself. So just like you love life, you love Hashem because He is your life. So That's a logical reason to love Hashem. Because God is the one who gives life. God is the one who supports us and nourishes us. And therefore, uh, and therefore we, um, we should love Him. He's taking, he takes care of us. He's, he watches us. He sustains us. He mentions over here two points. In Tanya, he in chapter 44, he, he talks about his two different kinds of love. There's loving Hashem because you love life, and Hashem is life. And there's loving Hashem because He's he your Father, He takes care of you. Um, they're, not, they're not exactly the same thing. One is, you love Hashem because of what He does for you. And you love Hashem because Hashem is life. Hashem is the real meaning of life. Um, but either way, both of those things are... Huh? The difference would be, is what's the ego? Is Hashem the ego, or is you the ego? Right? I'm asking the, the, the first, uh, the author gives an analogy. He said, when you, when you go to sleep at night, you want to be um, revived. You want you love life. You, you're missing the, the energy. You want the energy. You want to be alive. So it's about um, it's about your love of life. And the second love is 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 a love for Hashem because He's your Father. He's a source of life. Not that it's He's about Hashem, not you. First one, it sounds to me. The, yeah, I mean they're both about Hashem, but the question is, what 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 about Hashem? Is it? the truth is that in chapter forty four he does say that the second kind of love is higher, because he gives analogy. The Zohar says that Moshe Rabbeinu had a second level of this second kind of love. He loved Hashem as a father, and the Zohar says, a child loves his father and mother more than himself, and he gives his life to protect his parents. And if he could rescue his parents by giving up his life, he would give up away his life to protect his parents. So Moshe Rabbeinu had this kind of love for Hashem that he loved Hashem like a parent and he would give his life to protect his parents. But um, the Derit um, Haqqet says that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, gives up his life. Um, so how does that fit with what we're saying over here? That we're saying that love, you love Hashem because he's your life then does, doesn't, doesn't motivate that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, um, devotion. Um, maybe what you're saying, uh, Rabbi Yosef, is, 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 is actually the difference between what it's saying over here and says in chapter 44. Uh, loving Hashem because He is your Father, because He, or, I don't know, he, he, I mean. Loving the, Hashem, like you said, what it does for you. What it does for you. I mean, the truth is. It's a huge difference. Because of what it does for you or because of. Because of who He is. Because of who He is. Mm -hmm. Why is appreciating Hashem for what He is, 
the greatness of Hashem, and one is what he's doing for you. Sounds to me like we'd be at the lower level, I would say. There's, there's, a, there's a discussion in Hasidus about the two terms, Kirves al Kimlite, but Kirves al Kimlite. Being close to Hashem is good for me, versus being close to Hashem is good. So generally, the higher level is being close to Hashem is good, is considered a higher level, and being close to Hashem because it's good for me is a lower level. But the many letters that they have writes to people, um, and they say, you know, they say that, that, you know, they write to Rebbe about like ideals and ambitions and projects, and it's not good for them. And I was like, you should think about, first of all, how it's good for you. That, that, don't, don't say it's good in general. You have to make sure it's good for you personally. That's, that, that the first is to feel that, it's, that the, the lower level could be the higher level. I'm saying, you know. That may be because where we are. The other one is just not, it's not relevant. relevant to us. Right. It's like, a, a, right. Yeah, right. like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's good. Hashem is it's good, sure, of course it's good. But, but not for me. Uh, yeah. So, 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 so the first step is being close to Hashem is good for me. A higher level, Hashem is good. You know, but, when makes the statement, I want nothing about you, to most of us it means what? We don't understand the statement. The statement just doesn't. There's a part of us that it resonates with. Yeah, that, of course, but it's, it's a wow. It's not. It's, you know, it's really great. They have said the author publicized. It's almost said publicized. That means there's something of that that's relevant to us, but it's not our logic. It's not our. It's not, right. So, so the Rebbe is saying love based on logic won't trigger devotion till to give up your life. Right. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe in that sevard. You know, I think that's sevard. I think that's the answer. And now I have a question uh, before you get to the question. Let me finish my life. What I'm thinking is in chapter 44, the author is talking about loving Hashem because Hashem is your father and he gives you and he helps you. And by Moshe Rabbeinu, this love was to a point that he gave up his life. But that's not necessarily what the, what, what the Torah means when it says love Hashem because he's your life. The Torah is saying a logical thing. It could motivate you to the point of death, but. As Moshe said, I will give up my life to protect my parents. That's how Moshe felt. But that's not necessarily what that love is. That's just an extreme version of it. Love Hashem, in the Shema we say, love Hashem with all your heart, all your soul. And the Gemara said that all your soul means to give up your life. If you love someone with all your heart, you could also give up your life for that person. It just, it's not necessary that you do. But all your soul means that you're, you're consciously focused on the fact that you'd rather die rather than then sever your bond with Hashem. That's the whole nafshacha. Let me say this again. In, in, in chapter 44, the author says, Love Hashem because Hashem is your father, he takes care of you. And my Moshe Rabbeinu, it was to such a degree that he gave up his life for, for Hashem. But the, 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 the stuff the love is made of is a logical thing because Hashem is your life, because Hashem gives you. So it doesn't make sense necessarily to give up your life for something that you're loving someone because they are your life, right? If, if you love him because he's your life, you love life. But it doesn't make sense that because Hashem is your life, you're going to give up your life. It's, 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 it's because he's your life that you love him. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily trigger that second step. What do you want to say, Marcus? How does it make sense to be close to God when we're part of, when, when it's all one? Isn't it like saying a, a drop of water should be close to the ocean? as opposed to revealing God and just being aware of God. And that's, that question can wait as well. I know it's philosophically challenging or questioning the essence. Yeah. So feel free to hold it. <laughs> 
Rabiel Khan Al-Rosham, he's like say the following, this is one of his favorite parables. He said like this, he said, a father loves his son very much. I told you this parable before, I think. He loved his son so much that he, uh, he was a king and he made factories to produce clothing for his son, to show his son how much he loves him. He made these factories. And he made, uh, he hired orchestras to play music for his son. And he hired uh, bakeries to make pastries for his son, and restaurants to make delicacies for his son. And he hired armies to attack his son. And he hired other armies to defend those armies, to show his son how much he loved him. To show his son that he would rescue him from, from anyone who might want to hurt him. So everything that, that, the, the, um, that is happening is because of the king. The king has made the armies, the king has made the, the, the delicacies and the factories, and it's all because of, because of the king. But where is the king's heart? The king's heart is in his son. So it's not, it's, everything comes from the king, but that's not where the king is. That's not where the king's, that's not, there's no expression of the king in the armies attacking the king's son, for sure. And even in the pastries, it's not the king himself. The king himself, his heart is in the son. So there's a difference between a mitzvah and everything that's created by Hashem. Everything's created, everything comes from Hashem. But where is Hashem's essence? Hashem's essence is in the Torah. Hashem says in the Torah, I'm putting my soul in the Torah. It's like you play a game with your child, you are, um, you, you're playing a game which doesn't summon the uh, deepest, uh, to pay patty cakes doesn't summon your deepest uh, reservoirs of intellect, and yet your whole soul's in the game because it's your child. And so too in every mitzvah, Hashem gives us, He, he puts His soul in the mitzvah. It's, it's, he's, he wants to connect Himself with us. And that's also what he's saying over here, that that's why a Jew would rather give up his life rather than, than miss the mitzvah. Because he, some part of us feels that this is a way to connect, connect Hashem. And that's what, the, um, that's what the playing field is in, in, our, in the ladder of serving Hashem, to reach the Yud, to realize if you reach the Yud every day, at any moment you reach the Yud in yourself, you feel the playing field. This is not about just like... Um, the specific thing that this is. This is about connecting to Hashem. One of the um, um, meanings of education is um, al-tikri. Al-tikri means don't read the verse the way it sounds, read the verse this way. The Gemara says, many, about many verses, al-tikri, we have in Davni, al-tikri, don't read it this way, read it that way. What we're trying to do when we, when we educate our children is don't think things are so simple. Don't think it's just about the way it looks. It, 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 the um, word for Yetzir Tov, Yetzir Hara, also is about Yetzir Tov, good inclination, evil inclination. Good inclination also means good painter, good artist. Yetzir Hara means bad artist. Yetzir Tov makes us see good things as good. Yetzir Hara makes us think that good things are bad and bad things are good. He, he, he puts a lens on our eyes to think, see things the wrong way. So the idea of um, education is you tell the child, this thing looks like it's boring and, and uh, ugly and dull. Let me tell you what it's really about. And that's what the author was saying in Tanya about devotion to Hashem. He's saying, you need to educate yourself to know what's really going on in the mitzvah. It's the same thing. You know when the, when, when the guy pulls out a knife and he threatens you that this is a moment of connection. So he says you have to realize this is also a moment of connection. Yeah, everything comes from Hashem. But right now, your soul can't bear to, to lose this connection. It can't bear to, to sever its bond with Hashem. It, what, isn't, bowing to, uh, isn't, the, isn't, isn't the idol also created by Hashem? Yeah, of course, the idol is created by Hashem too. And yet, that's something Hashem says, <clears throat> this is something which, 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 which severs your bond with Hashem. By, doing, by engaging that activity, it's an Aveda. 
What's Averi mean? Averi means to move from one domain to another domain. You're, you're leaving somewhere. You're going away. Um, in Hebrew, another word for Averi is Aving. Aving means crooked. Why is this thing called crooked? I think this is a crooked deed. Right? It's a crooked deed. Uh, it's not why it's called crooked. The reason why it's called crooked, the previous ever says, is because whenever a Jew does a sin, he engages in sin, he has to justify it to himself. How is he justifying he says, I was forced to do it. I had no choice. It's not so bad. He can't say, I, I went against Hashem's will because I just wanted to. You can't. <laughs> you can't. That's great. So what do you do? You say, I had to. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's not for me. It's not what I'm up to. There's all kinds of, of different... Everyone has different... Their invention of, of why they're different. But... Um, but, but ultimately, it's a crooked thing. It's, a, it's, not, it's not a logical thing. Let's read the end, the end of the paragraph. Let's continue. Uh, this is the Yud. This is climbing the ladder, reaching the Yud of Yunisham. This is the power of the soul. That never changes. Not to be separate from Hashem, God forbid, and to overcome the challenge. This is the meaning of what Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem after this in the golden calf. They are a stiff-necked nation. On the surface, Hashem was saying, they're bad. They're stiff-necked. They're, they're, they, you can't convince these people. There's nobody home. Hello, they're stiff-necked. But Deil but, Yus is also a positive thing. What's a positive thing? How's this positive? What's the next word? Um, after the word, after they're a stiff-necked nation, I think, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You should forgive them. Forgive them because they're stiff-necked. One second. Why should you forgive them because they're stiff-necked? It's a positive thing too. This verse is also talking about not just our insensitivity. It's talking about the how the soul is so devoted to Hashem in the language of the Rebbe, it does not want and cannot bear to separate itself from godliness. To be separate from godliness to the soul is, 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 is out of the question. As the previous Rebbe explains in the Discourse of Vasilagani, that a Jew doesn't want and cannot separate from Hashem. This is the innermost point in every single Jew. If you were to, to uh, look into a, to the soul of every Jew, you would, if we were to have some kind of microscope to see inside, what we would see is like this. We would see a part of us that does, cannot bear to be separate from Hashem. This exists in every place and every time. This is the youth. And this is the reason why a Jew has this devotion to, to Torah and why a Jew has a yearning that comes from their very core to do a mitzvah. There's a yearning in the very core of a Jew to do a mitzvah. Where is that coming? It's a yud of, the, of God's name. So our yearning to do a mitzvah, our devotion to Torah, that's the yud inside us. That's the deepest point inside us. And it is the reason why we have this um, devotion to Hashem and this yearning for Him. Okay. Yes, sir. Question? No, that was wonderful. Thank you. Same time tomorrow, same place? Same time, same place. Awesome. Same channel. Same channel. <laughs> All right. A great day, Dave. Great day, Dr. Rashman. Great day, Zev. Great day,